Hello, and welcome to the rookie edition of Political Traction. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. From late nights on the campaign trail to early mornings in the House of Commons, what is it like to pull up a chair and take a seat on the other side of the table? This week, we uncover the secret truths for this transition with a former colleague from my days as a political staffer who's now jumped the fence to become a member of parliament for Thornhill. She's also my friend, Melissa Lantzman. This week, we unpack everything from managing social media accounts when you're the boss to the biggest surprises she might face in her new job. This is Political Traction. We have a very special guest on this week's show, uh, a friend of mine and uh, a former, I guess, political colleague. We worked on campaigns together. She is now the member of parliament for Thornhill and has been working at that, had worked at that for a very long time. I'm Melissa Lansman. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, this is really good. And like, Melissa and I have like texted and stuff, but we actually haven't really had like a true catch up since you've been elected in any kind of fulsome way. So we're basically going to do this for everybody else. <laughs> All right. Let's let everybody into our meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I want to have you on because we do, we talk about hard news topics sometimes, but you know, a lot of our listeners are political staff or elected officials or journalists who cover political staff. And um, we were both political staff in the Harper government, uh, different offices. And now you are, now you're like, you've gone to the other side. I feel like it's when you talk to journalists and they've gone from being journalists to like blacks, like what I do. So what's it like crossing the Rubicon? Like, is it a fucking ride? Like, are you just like, what is happening to me now? Well, it's like, I'm, I'm the worst nightmare for a political staffer uh, because I, I, you know, I think I know everything um, <laughs> when, when in fact uh, I'm perfectly comfortable in some situations saying that, uh, that I don't, but I, uh, I feel for, uh, for anyone that is, is trying to, to manage me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the truth. <laughs> that reminds me though, like it was the mayor, I remember from Mayor, mayor Tory, he was just like, he'd done all the jobs. So, and like, obviously he'd done them in a, like decades ago before, like, you know, the printing press, I'm joking, yeah. <laughs> I was um, but, but he'd be like, I've done that job or whenever for Baird, like Baird had also come up as a staffer or like he'd done other things, but like he'd done the job. So when I was trying to like squeeze them into saying this or doing this event or whatever, um, it was, they would look at me and be like, I know what the fuck that you're doing to me and please like, like stop it or fine. So have you had that moment where you're like, I used to do this to somebody and now I understand what it was like on the other side when they push back on me? Yeah, look, I try I try not to say it out loud, but all, all the time in my head, I certainly think it. Look, there's huge things that, there's huge blind spots that uh, that I have because the the world's changed a bit since uh, since we were both staffers. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning that there's new things. I, I'm, I'm a bit too old. I'm not, I'm not that old, but I'm a bit too <laughs> old to like understand things like TikTok and all of the mediums that exist to reach really, really big audiences. So I'll, I'll always take advice on, uh, on platforms like that, which I, I don't get, um, like I'm trying to get into it. Uh, but I really don't get it. Uh, so we're, look, there's things that I, I totally don't know about, but of course there's moments where I'm like, yeah, 
I'm not going to say that, or I'm not going to hold up this piece of paper, or I think yes, I, could just, thank you. I could just write this better. Um, I'm a, I'm a bit of a wordsmith with, um, with all of my stuff. Cause as, as you are, you know, I'm a communications person and I think that words matter. Uh, and it's going to take a pretty long time, um, for somebody to get my voice. Cause I, I think it's a bit of a unique one in, uh, in the party, in our movement, uh, and it's what I've built uh, a career on. So I'm, I'm pretty careful about letting that stuff go to, uh, to someone else. So again, I, uh, I feel sorry for whoever's trying, but, uh, but I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> and let's talk about a bit about that because, you know, you won't say it necessarily, but you're, you're considered a rising star, right? I mean, you're a young woman we're, I'm going to say we're young. Cause I feel we're both young at heart. Um, okay. not in physicality, <laughs> but in our, we're young-ish. We're definitely young. You're young for a politician. Um, you are uh, like, you're a lesbian. You're out about that. You're, um, you know, I think you, you come from Thornhill. So like a GTA riding. So there's lots of things there that the conservatives need in order to be like dynamic, accessible, you know, grow the vote or whatever, grow the vote in key areas where we win seats. Right. So What's that been like for you coming into, you know, I know you've long time been a part of the party, both federally and provincially, but what's that been like coming in as an MP and sort of representing that younger, newer, fresher voice? Well, so to be completely honest, if I was having this conversation with just you, I would say this, I would say that uh, the expectations uh, around the performance of somebody who's a communicator or somebody who has a career that was similar to, to ours are incredibly high. So meeting those expectations was, uh, uh, was tough and exceeding them is, uh, is even tougher. Uh, and that's the, you know, that's the reality when there's, uh, you know, when there's arguably a bit of hype, but I think in terms of all of the checked boxes activities, you know, young, female, gay, uh, 905, like you name it, um, politics has to be more than just checked boxes. Uh, and the party has to be more than checked boxes. And I think one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do is, first of all, invite more people into the process, really explain how this weird world um, works, make it more accessible, and then truly drive what I think we've been lacking is a vision as to why people would vote for us beyond just the young woman, gay, 905 checked boxes. And that's the, uh, I think that's the tough part. Uh, and yeah, I'll probably make a few mistakes a, a, along the way, but I hope that I have some longevity in this. Uh, and I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that I live up to being uh, a voice that uh, that people can look to in the in the 905. Once I create a little mini caucus that is more than just two, like I'm, I make a joke that our caucus meetings are like whenever I want because it's like a caucus of one, um, and I can take <laughs> the meetings in my pajamas and I've elected myself chair. Um, but I want some <laughs> friends, and I think we've got a long way to go to get some. And wanting friends, you've you as a staffer you see the warts of the political, you think the warts of the political process, I'm sure you see warts that we didn't see. Um, and people have asked me like, why don't you run? And I'm like, absolutely not. I would be like, no, I've gone to the basement community parties and like literally I, the worst thing for me, if I ever had a, a taste for politics was doing a municipal election campaign over the course of, you know, 270 days where I went to 97 debates and just, I was like, no, like it's not for me. 
I'm happy to support it. I believe the process is important, but what on earth had you look at that fucking life and say, this is for me? Like, why, 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 what made you, what, what attracts you to it? Like what, what made you take the leap? You know, look, I think <laughs> I, I, I do know some of the process and I have the benefit of knowing the process of, uh, of government and frankly, the process of how, um, a, a series of decisions can actually change the lives uh, and the trajectory of this uh, of this country into one that grows, into one that's competitive, into one that builds stuff. Uh, you know, all of the things that we used to talk about before we only talked about COVID. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, you to say that word, for sure, say that. <laughs> um, but those are, you know, those are some of the things that, that, that I'd always been interested in. It's a little bit like Ottawa. If you remember ever, you know, if you remember living in Ottawa, you have these like euphoric memories of anytime between like May to October where it's amazing <laughs> and you can, you know, you can go outside without your, your face freezing. And then the winter comes along and it's just, it's so oppressive and and a bit abusive in terms of uh in terms of uh of, of the weather and and politics is a little bit like that you 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 know the winds are really really big winds the good days are amazing days and uh and and it takes and you know that it takes sort of a lot to get there uh and it's you're gonna have some uh, days along the way if you you know if you have more good days than than not good days and if you're if you're doing more good things than doing nothing at all uh then i think that this is there's there's a future in this for uh, for people and as soon as i'm you know as soon as i am not productive or or not thinking about the things that i'm thinking about on on day one or day three uh or or month three then uh then it's time to go and i think the mistake that people actually make is not getting in it's that they don't get out uh when it's time to get out um do you like you've talked about the tick and i have tiktok i knew really knew i'd aged when i'm like i become like my mother is an egg on Twitter. Well, she was, she has like a, a thing now, but she's also just a lurker on Instagram. I'm a lurker on TikTok. I have an account. I like look at things, but I do not do it. So as I know you, like you weren't like a, like a super tweeter, but you definitely were tweeting. And like the rest of us, we have our socials. Um, obviously there's also a lot of abuse role that politicians of all stripes and any public figures. So are you still like, are you in the weeds managing your accounts? Or is that like, you have a team of people now? Cause one thing I've noticed, and I've said this to you privately, is like your social is very like, I'm like Melissa is like doing shit. There's graphics, things are flying around on the screen. There, there's uh, you know, all of the cool stuff, the videos, like I'm also a lurker on TikTok and mostly for like those 30 second like recipes of healthy breakfasts that I will never eat. Um, <laughs> but I, I noticed the, like I, I just noticed sort of the the power and the numbers and uh, and the fact that when you start looking at that, like you can't look away. So on things that I don't understand, absolutely, I've got you know I've got the best help that there that there is. And I found you know I found that person outside of politics, got them involved in a in a campaign. And I think that sometimes you know fresh blood and somebody who is not in the weeds on uh, you know on big words and acronyms and and deep policy is the right person to uh, to build that in. I will never give up my uh, Twitter password. Um, that I, I, I've seen that go sour for so many people. I've, you know, I've certainly made mistakes, but when I make mistakes on Twitter, I want to own them. I want them to be mine, uh, and I'm I'm become a bit more of a of, of a lurker to a certain degree in terms of getting the news and seeing what people are talking about. But I spend much less time 
on uh, on social media than I ever have. Uh, and that's probably a product of uh, seeing seeing the you know seeing all of the trolls and the and the, the bad. Like you kind of just want to do something else. Uh, and part of it is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a new politician. Uh, all of this is super new and cool. And, uh, you know, the, the, the event circuit and meeting people and hearing, you know, sort of real stories uh, about what's good, what's bad, uh, what can be better. That's still exciting to me. And I hope that it's always exciting to me, but that's where I'm trying to spend my time. What's your typical, so you're a new politician, right? So what's yeah. your, do you have a typical day? What's your typical day? Like, do you wake up and have like, your, your healthy breakfast from tech, like TikTok recipe. And then you like walk and talk down your office and have meetings. Like what, what are you doing in your day? Yeah, look, it's been, a, it's been a bit strange in uh, in a pandemic. So we've had some time in Ottawa and there is no typical day. And uh, the only typical thing about my day is that I think about making the things that I saw on TikTok and then I never do. Uh, and then the ingredients in my fridge that I bought to make those healthy things actually go bad. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's going to the office. I think a lot of this has still been on Zoom because of our, uh, our, our, our restrictions, our pandemic restrictions. Uh, I've gone from nomination to campaign to um, weird lull um, where we set up an office and then to Ottawa. And then again, a, a lull, a little bit of a lull. Um, a well-resourced lull uh, in 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 this last month, and then we go back to uh, to Parliament, uh, you know, at, on the very last day of January. So there is no there is no typical day, but uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm very selective about how I spend my time, and and that's the advice that I got from a lot of people that did this. Like, if you said yes to every single thing that somebody asked you, you could be just sitting in meetings and watching slide decks. Uh, uh, all day. And I know what I'm interested in. I know what I want to push. And I try to do, uh, I try to do things that, uh, uh, that will move those uh, things forward. Uh, I have a, I have kind of a cool file. Um, you know, I'm responsible uh, to the party uh, on all matters transportation. And given we're in right now, I've, uh, you know, there's shortage, frankly, of, uh, of issues there. But I've been taking the opportunity to, you know, to learn when when people, you know, use the lexicon like fragile supply chains, like what is that, you know, what does that actually mean? I want it to go on the ground. I want to wear the cute vest and the helmet and uh, and go see stuff. Uh, so I've been spending a lot of time doing that. And what's that been like to get out of Ottawa and get on the ground? Is that something you want to keep doing as in, like you think that's yeah, there's, your job? Yeah, I, I look at it like a staffer and you'll remember this. There's, you know, there's no, there's no votes in Ottawa. It's like, it's, it's elitist talking to elitist about, um, you know, about things that uh, could, should, maybe would be done. But there is a, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a bubble in there where it, you know, it matters so much uh, when you're there. And then when you sort of start to crisscross the country, uh, see different groups, you see that, you know, it's not, it's not as polarized uh, as, as you would see in a typical question uh, period. Like people have all kinds of nuances in the things that they, that they care about. And if you're not talking to real people and you're only talking to each other, that's, it, it remains, it remains that you're part of a, a, a talking club and not the real world. So I'm a real world person. I like to live in the real world. So I'm going to try to do that as much as possible. Um, I want to ask you about what it was like to walk on the floor of the House of Commons, knowing you had a desk and like asking your first question. Because I remember like it's a baby, like baby staffer, right? I still got like, 
I used to have to, I was, I did Harper's correspondence. I was a writer when I was in university. And once a week, I got to haul my ass all the way up to center block to sit with Ray Novak at the time. And that was like the highlight of my highlight of my week or my, was I got to go to center block and, and go in the building and stuff. And like, you, you get a little more used to it, but it's still special. Um, sure. But what was it like to step on the floor and one be like, this is my desk. And then I've seen you like, like to your point, like you're a communicator, like you were frigging up asking the questions of the prime minister with like, I was like, there she is with gusto. Um, <laughs> what was, what's that whole thing like? Well, so I, I, I made the decision like really early on that I wanted everybody possible to experience this with me. Cause like, you can only do that one. The first time there's only one time. So I did the whole like Instagram, like this is made sure I wore some cool shoes. Like this is my <laughs> first step into the, the, the house of commons. This is my seat. I got to ask the, uh, the first question of this first parliament from, uh, from the opposition and it's you know it's not as like rehearsed as you think it is it's like oh okay I wish I paid more attention to what happened in the house when I was a staffer <laughs> um, so luckily I sit next to what's called the whip which is you know the guy who knows like all of the rules him and the house leader uh they seem to know what's going on so I get to ask him like hey what's happening now so there was this <laughs> whole thing and the you know the prime minister said some stuff and and then a page comes down and says, well, you're, you're, you're up, you're asking the first question. And so there isn't like a whole planning process of like sitting down and like thinking, you know, the, the first question, it's like, you got a minute to go, like, get ready, wow. like, you know, put, put some lipstick on. Um, so that was, uh, that was my first uh, experience. So it's kind of a bit like trial by fire. And if you don't, you know, if you don't totally fall flat on your face, or if you don't forget how to talk, or if you, you know, don't swear, probably, um, <laughs> you get to do it again. And I've been, uh, I've been lucky enough to do it again. And in the house, for me, it's still a bit nerve wracking, like it's a big space. It's, it's a lot of trust that the voters of, of, of Thornhill have, you know, put into me to sit in their seat. Um, and one of the first things I did is I sort of you know, it's not really, you know, it's not really Melissa Lansman's seat. It's Thornhill's seat. It's the voters of Thornhill seat. So I kind of just uh, drew on the card and, uh, uh, and just remind myself that uh, I'm just, I'm just warming that thing until somebody else comes along. Uh, uh, and that's, uh, that's their seat. That's not my seat. So I got a, I got a whole bunch of people to answer to. Uh, so you got to do it right. Uh, and you got to show up for work uh, every day, whether you're having a shit day or, uh, or not, you've got to perform because people are watching. I know you got to go, um, but last question, was there anything that surprised you about this? Like you were not prepared for, or you didn't think was going to happen? Anything, any big surprises? Yeah, all of it. I'm surprised every, every single day. Uh, uh, you know, every day I, I get up and I'm just like, oh, like, first of all, I have a schedule and which I have to follow very tightly. Oh uh, no. But uh, <laughs> no, but, but, but this is, you know, this is the thing. Like I am, I am surprised, I am baffled, I am honored, I am all of those feelings every single day, whether I'm walking into the Thornhill community office or whether I'm walking into the House of Commons or whether I'm walking into this really cool office that uh, the members of Thorn, the member from Thornhill has at, on Parliament Hill, uh, I'm, in, I'm in awe. And, uh, and you know, put that awe to the side for a bit. I uh, just need to remind myself that uh, even though you're in awe constantly and you're surprised uh, constantly, um, being, you know, being prepared and, uh, and figuring out what, uh, what comes next. So your chess and not checkers is, uh, is where I'm at right now. 
All right. Well, thank you, my friend, for for coming on today. And for those listening, Melissa mentioned her shoes. She's a kick-ass shoe game, which I hope you are representing well in auto and they're not getting ruined by the salt, which is a, a travesty. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible place in the, uh, in the winter in terms of, uh, weather. Um, but I'm like Mr. Rogers, like I change them in the office. So <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Political Traction is powered by Navigator, Canada's leading high stakes public affairs firm. Our show is produced by John Gardner, Kimberly Drapak, Matt Barnes, Adam Owen, and Thomas Ashcroft. A very special thank you goes out to this week's guest, Melissa Landsman. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate us online wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Traction Polly. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. We'll see you next Friday.